0: Hello, this is Andrew Litton, music director of New York City Ballet, here with another podcast of See the Music. Today's topic, Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake. Peter Ilyich Tchaikovsky is one of the most famous and beloved composers of all time, and Swan Lake is arguably his most popular work. This makes it so hard to believe that the ballet never achieved a success during his lifetime. When Tchaikovsky composed Swan Lake in 1876 at the age of 36, He was at the height of his creative powers. His next work for the stage was his most popular opera, Yevgeny Onyegin, and symphonically, he had just finished his third symphony, which here at New York City Ballet is known as Diamonds. His next work for orchestra, after writing Swan Lake, was his fourth symphony, one of the most performed works in concert halls around the world. So, what went wrong with the premiere production of Swan Lake? The answer is a tale far better told by choreographers, but the disastrous coupling of a disinterested and apparently not terribly gifted Austrian choreographer called Wenzel Reisinger, a prima ballerina who claimed Tchaikovsky's music was undanceable and a conductor who couldn't care less yielded a perfect trifecta recipe for disaster. Tchaikovsky was so upset by all this that it took 12 years before he wrote his next ballet, Sleeping Beauty. Not until 1894, a year after Tchaikovsky's death, did the ballet finally achieve success when a memorial production was mounted at the Mariinsky Theater with choreography by Petipa and Ivanov. It is their version which survives to this day, and newer versions of the ballet, like ours by Peter Martins from 1996, are still based on the 1894 revival. Tchaikovsky was the perfect composer for this story of high drama and tragedy. Swan Lake also includes many moments of beauty and lyricism. Notice how perfectly he sets the peacefulness of the scene by the lake, the gliding of the swans, the growing romance between the prince and Odette, the evil rhythmically active music representing von Rothbart and so on. Orchestrally, There's nothing radical in this ballet, unlike the introduction of the piano in Act 3 of Sleeping Beauty, or the even more dramatic use of the newly invented celesta to portray the Sugar Plum Fairy in Nutcracker. (laughs) What Tchaikovsky does do is to feature a couple of instruments and assign them great prominence. The most famous is the solo violin, who gets three long solos during the course of the ballet. More about that in a minute, but I would like to point out an observation I made years ago that for some reason, during his mid-30s, Tchaikovsky became obsessed with the oboe. This entire ballet, the first note that one hears is on the solo oboe. actual theme that Tchaikovsky uses to portray the Swans, the most famous theme from the ballet, is first heard on the oboe. play this stuff. Anyway, jumping ahead slightly, a sidebar, is listen to what Tchaikovsky does with that same melody when the black swan makes her first appearance in the ballet. So this is to show us that the prince possibly recognizes her. She looks familiar, doesn't she? Because, of course, Odile has been disguised to look exactly like Odette. And Tchaikovsky uses that musical feature alone as a leitmotif technique to bring us the same melody but give it a totally different implication. And then finally, the very first time we meet Odette in the story, guess who's playing? The oboe. when I started to think about all this usage of the oboe in Swan Lake, and I realized that around the same time he was writing these other pieces, he was also using a lot of oboe. In his opera, Yevgeny Onegin, written at the same time, the oboe represents Tatyana, especially in the famous letter scene. And in the Fourth Symphony, the entire second movement begins with solo oboe. So why do you think this was? I think he felt that the oboe represented something tragic and feminine at the same time, which is why it so clearly is meant to represent Odette in this ballet, and also Tatiana in Yevgeny Onegin. So there you have it. And after this period, he didn't use the oboe nearly as, as frequently. I mean, it was just part of the orchestra. But he never assigned it such importance as in these works. So, about that solo violin, when Odette finally begins her first solo, it is one of the most famous violin solos in the repertoire. And here to play it with me is our concertmaster, Kurt Nikkinen. <laughs> Thank you, Kurt. That's our concertmaster, Kurt Nikkinen, with the first of three solos from Swan Lake. Of course, that's the first solo of Odette, the white swan. Now, before we carry on with the black swan, I just want to remind everybody who's a parent who's heard this far too many times attending ballet recitals of their children that about a minute or two after that beautiful violin solo is this famous moment from Swan Lake done, as I said, at every ballet recital around the planet. Yes, it started here, folks, this is where it's from. Then, of course, in act three, we meet the black swan, and I want you to listen to how completely different, even though it's still slow violin music, how completely different Tchaikovsky captures the character of the black swan, the seductiveness. Gone is the sort of heartbreaking innocence of the white swan. We suddenly have a rather sultry and very voluptuous sounding black swan. That was Concertmaster of New York City Ballet, Kurt nikkinen accompanied by yours truly, playing the Black Swan violin solo. Now, that's the third solo during the course of a full-length ballet that the Concertmaster has to play. And I wanted to ask you, Kurt, what is that like? You're, you're sitting there, Bashing through huge Tchaikovsky and Tutis and then suddenly you stand up and have to make this beautiful soloistic gorgeous sound how is that, how is that for you
1: Yes well um, that's one of the things that actually took getting used to coming into this job was the fact that there were basically in each of the story ballets concerto worthy music buried in there sometimes after 45 minutes of tutti playing where you're you know tremoloing like a maniac and you know very kind of emotionally intense music preceding that, and then all of a sudden you're there and you're, you have to stand up and create this mood and it's not just any mood, it, you know, And it's, it's very intimate, it's a very particular character and sometimes it's hard to find after so much big orchestral playing and knowing that the, the characters in the ballet on stage, the dancers are living and breathing your every note so talk about pressure. I remember the first few times I did this, and I mean, it was absolutely nerve-wracking, and you would think it would get easier. I mean, it gets somewhat easier, but still, it's psychologically quite stressful. It's,
0: it's I absolutely agree with you. I, I mean, I, I fortunately, as conductor, don't have to play any solos during the course of the ballet, but those moments are key because the prima ballerina relies on the tempos to be just right, the feeling to be just right, to inspire her, to be the greatest dancer she can be. And so there's, as you've mentioned, there's, a, there's an awful lot of pressure. Now, to give our audience a gist of how complicated the first Odette solo is for the violin, it's on every violin audition that takes place on the planet, I swear. The music from that, I've heard so many times at so many violin auditions. It's that, Scary a solo, and that's the first thing you have to play after about forty minutes.
1: After about forty minutes in yeah. uh, of fairly intense playing. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. wild. Well, listen,
0: Kurt, thank you so much for joining us, um, especially bright and early. You just had a performance of Stravinsky Violin Concerto last night, so I really appreciate you coming in for this taping. Thank you. So I wanted to end my discussion of Swan Lake playing music that happens at the very end of the piece when the prince comes running in to find Odette one last time. And it's the most incredible buildup musically, the most incredibly tragic music. And I think some of the most gorgeous, if not the most gorgeous phrase, Tchaikovsky ever wrote. And that is saying a lot. I'm really jumping off the cliff here and saying, I think this is the most incredible seven measures, it's not even eight measures, that Tchaikovsky ever wrote. And my frustration, he writes it once, and then he repeats it somewhat softer in the horns. I will try and replicate that moment of tragedy in the ballet for you now. Just once. He gives it to us just once. Okay, the horns echo it in the next phrase, but it's not the same. So what is it? Why? Why, you know, this is one of those frustrations I want to say. Tchaikovsky you wrote the most amazing music Why just once and in a whole ballet you know and I guess that's genius you know I guess he figured it would make more impact just hearing it once but to me I think I can safely say most of the audience is in tears at that point I can assure you the conductor on the music stand is very much in tears at that point in the ballet it's just an amazing moment and of course everything's building up to it and during the course of the evening so There you have it, Tchaikovsky Swan Lake. We hope to see you there. Thank you so much. This is Andrew Lytton for See the Music at the New York City Ballet. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date on new episode releases. All of us here at New York City Ballet hope to see you soon in the theater. So head over to newyorkcityballet.com and have a look at what's on our stage.